Hello and welcome to this podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice. My name is Ruth Lewis-Cost and I'm a caregiver and I am blessed to be looking after my elderly parents. I started this podcast to remind ourselves that looking after those in need is a privilege. As unpaid caregivers, we need to have a voice. We need to be able to shout loud and be proud of our status. And caregiving has no age. People of all ages are caregivers. This is my way of supporting you all emotionally and practically with tools from other caregivers on how to find the joy in your situation and make amazing memories. So let's dive into this week's episode. So hello everybody, welcome to my podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice, and today I'm speaking to Jennifer Randazzo. She has a rather interesting story to tell about her caregiving journey, so over to you, Jennifer. Thank you, thanks for having me. So my caregiving journey was with my father, was diagnosed with Lewy body dementia in 2003. At that time, no one had really heard of Lewy body dementia, especially my family, And we were told that he had Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. And we thought, you know, what a terrible thing to have two diseases that were so, you know, hard to to watch. But we found out after seeing some specialists that he had Lewy body dementia. And can you explain exactly what Lewy body dementia is? Yes. Lewy body dementia is um, a type of dementia that affects the mind and body. Um, It presents like Alzheimer's, the forgetfulness and also with um, physical changes like Parkinson's disease. So my dad was suffering with both physical and mental changes in that dementia process. That's so interesting because I hadn't heard it before, but I had heard of people who were diagnosed with Alzheimer's and then getting Parkinson's. Yeah, a lot of instances I think that it is diagnosed that way because Lewy body dementia is very difficult to diagnose and can't really be an official diagnosis until post-mortem. So, um, and it's still a disease that we're learning a lot about. In the last um, 12 years, I've seen such a change and the awareness and and the amount of people that have it. And I think it's being diagnosed more um, easily these days. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. So tell me more about your story. So I I had moved out of the house. I was grown and married with my own children when my dad became ill. But I struggled with being, I was five hours away and hearing what my family was going through because Lewy body dementia presents with a lot of times hallucinations and behavioral changes. And the ways it was explained to us by a doctor is that the brain is fighting for control of the body. So when my dad would have lucid moments, he would be very like aware, but, but the Parkinson's was really bad when he had a lucid moment, the mind wasn't, is in control. So you kind of, there's always a fighting there between the physical changes and the mental changes in the body. And you say that out of that experience of, of, uh, you know, not being able to be so present and your children not being able to get to see their grandfather very much, you actually wrote a book, didn't you? I did. Yes. And it's called Grandpa and Louie. So it was very difficult for me seeing those changes when the time would pass, when I would see my dad, it would be a huge difference. And it was really heart-wrenching to watch my kids almost fear my dad a little bit because of those physical changes. And, you know, they would know he was okay and they would know it was grandpa, but he wasn't acting like grandpa. 
So, you know, when you're, when you're in the journey, it's really hard to process it and to deal with it. I think the healing comes after. And for me, that healing came, you know, as I stayed involved in the Louis body community and kind of supported those people because I had been through it. Um, and that's where my, my decision to write the book came. I was like, you know, I, I originally wrote it for my kids and I was like, this is, is going to be their story, kind of a, a, something that I would hold, you know, for them to have looking back. But I kept seeing a need. I kept seeing um, this community of people with Lewy body dementia with children. And if 1.5 million people have Lewy body dementia um, in America. So you wow. think if each of those people have one child in their life or two children in their life, that number grows exponentially. So that's where I decided to write the book. And it's just a really feel good story to present it in a non-frightening way um, so that children can kind of address the changes, the physical changes, the mental changes that come with it without having them presented like something that would be, be scary for a child. And how have you done it? Is it a more of a factual book? Is it like a story? Do you have characters that are sort of based on your experience, but they're just kind of, they're non-real characters? I, I do. So I actually, I presented it that Louis is a squirrel and he kind of takes on, the, the squirrel kind of takes on that personification of the disease. And what happens, it, it, there are three children in the book kind of representing my children and the grandfather, but it's all kind of told from the little boy's perspective and the, the oldest little boy. And the little boy carries through, it starts with how the bond that he has with his grandfather and all the great things that they do together. And then he starts to see changes and he gets a little, you know, aware of what's going on, but not really sure what's going to happen. And as he sees the things where grandpa forgets and grandpa acts different, he promises to do things for his grandfather that the grandfather has always done for him. So it's kind of a lighthearted story. Hope and empowerment is what I was trying to get with it because Louis is a hard disease. Any type of dementia um, or caregiving journey is hard. And there really isn't a lot we can promise kids other than that person, that bond will stay with us forever. Even if that person doesn't survive the disease, like grandpa was not no longer with us, but grandpa's in our heart all the time. So it gives the kids a sense of control. I feel like in the fact that there are things they can do to help, you know, a kid might feel helpless in that situation, but sometimes just reading a book to grandpa or spending time with him um, when he's not feeling well can be so therapeutic for grandpa. So it becomes, gives them like a little bit of power back, I feel like. I love that idea. I think it's just so amazing that you've written this book. And it's such a great way, as you say, for children to understand even the kind of the disease of, of dementia. I mean, obviously, dementia is comes in so many different forms, and they're going to, you know, discover more and more and more. But it just gives such a greater understanding if children can understand, you know, the, the dementia that often happens in, you know, older people. And when I say older, older to them in relationship to them, I think it's just truly amazing. Where can people actually get hold of a copy? So it's on Amazon right currently. Um, it's also available on Amazon UK, so they can find it there. I'm going to have it in local bookstores. I hope to have it in local bookstores, but currently right now, the best place to get it is through Amazon. Do you think it's something that is good for education as well in the education system, like schools? I, I would like to think so. I hope so. One thing that, I, that I've found is you can't really teach compassion. Kids have to learn it and live it. So I think for our journey, the, the blessing or the silver lining was that my children became very compassionate 
And now as adults, uh, young adults, they are very compassionate. And I um, think that that's something you can't teach. And I, and I hope that I put that message through in my book that I call it loving through Louie. So Louie is hard, any type of dementia, any type of, of, of disease like that is hard to watch that, um, especially when there are behavioral changes. And I always tell people that if you're loving through Louie, if you're loving them through all of those changes, like the little boy in my book did, if you're loving through all those changes um, and being there for that person, then you're doing enough. Sometimes we feel like we're not doing enough. We feel helpless. Um, but loving through that is, is more than any medicine will ever be able to do. So. Yeah, because I actually believe um, in, in the experience that I've had um, actually with my brother-in-law who's, uh, who does have Alzheimer's very severely. And uh, I sense that he can feel love. He recognizes people, but he can't speak. And you can feel the love. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's so important. I do feel like that's important. Yeah. Sadly, your, your dad died in 2015. How did your mother cope with all of this? Well, my, my youngest brother, when my dad passed, was, was young. He was still in high school. And my dad had, you know, my, like I said, my mom became a pediatric nurse later in life. Um, so she was very, had to continue working because when my dad was diagnosed, he had to stop working. So my mom became the, the primary um, provider of the home. Can I just ask you, how old was your dad? So my dad was diagnosed at 55. And he passed at 67. So we, it was a 12 year stretch. And in looking back, we think he probably had Louis body before he was even diagnosed. We, you start to think, oh, it's forgetful. Oh, he's tired. You kind of, you know, make up reasons why you're seeing these changes when they're, when they're minor changes. Um, but with my dad, he worked a really like, he was in an engineering kind of job. And, the, and at work, they said something's going on and he can't come back to work until we, get tested and figure out what's going on. So that was really our first indicator that something was seriously more wrong than we were seeing because he wasn't coping. He wasn't able to, he could cover it at home, but he, I don't think he could cover it at work as well. So at 55, he was pretty young. Yeah. In 12 years, it, it, it progressed pretty fast. Once we realized what it was, it, it became like that he would compensate for it and he was forgetful. He never forgot who we were. But then it would be to where we had to unplug the stove because he would forget to unplug. He would forget to turn it off or you couldn't leave the thermostat unlocked because he would put it like very, very cold or very, very hot. He was such a smart man, but the most basic things became challenging for him. And that was hard to watch. It is. It is hard to watch, isn't it? So I certainly believe, like you, that out of bad, some good happens. We can't prevent bad things happening. We can take decisions and actions on it that can enable some good to happen and in your case it was the book and I think that is just such an incredible thing is there any advice that you you would want to impart to other people on how to perhaps handle it or or what inspired you to create the book or anything like that what they could do that that could be a positive spin out of what is happening sure I think, you know, when, like I said, when you're in the thick of it, it's hard to really think that any good will come from that or that you'll ever be outside of this journey enough to, to feel like you can make a positive turn out of it. But I do think that looking for those little blessings and those, you have to look for them. For my dad, there would be some really like sad things. And we would like look at each other and, 
and you have to find the humor in it. And my siblings and I would be like, oh my God, that was, you know, like, is he really seeing that? Or are we the ones that are missing it? Um, you just have to find the humor and the compassion and be there to help others. Because I do think that it's, it's so much what we give to others that, that brings us the reward of that. And I, like I said, the book was not something I planned. I, I did it only for my children, but I was in a Louis body support group um, after my dad had passed, just kind of sharing little, you know, I wanted to give a little messages of hope. Um, and so that kind of trickled down for me to say that there was a need for this book. And I also created a group online group and it's on Instagram. Um, and I have, I recognize kids who are doing something positive for someone with a disability, like Lewy body dementia, or Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. And I call them acorn ambassadors. And I just give them a little shout out. And when I find, when I come across them on social media and I send them a little gift and my acorn ambassadors are, are just true examples of loving through Louie or loving through any kind of, of adversity like that. Um, I think if we can teach our kids to handle adversity with compassion and kindness, our world would be a much better place. So, you know, that's, that's my, my dream is just a, one child will empower one child to say, you know, this isn't, this isn't how it has to be. I, I can do something to help. I absolutely love that. That's so beautiful. And we will be sharing details of where people can, can find everything in our notes that are attached to this, this uh, podcast. Jennifer, thank you so much for telling us your story. And I absolutely hope and, and wish that your book is gets out to the, the entire world and can be translated into many, many, many languages because there are people in you know, different parts of the world, I'm sure, who would benefit hugely from this. Thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to, to watching the progress of what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. It really helps. See you next time.